Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host Pierce, and finally joined alongside of my three co-hosts, Schmitty, Jimmy, and Reagan. How are we all doing today? Like, I, I remember I texted the group chat. I'm like, when's the last time we've all been on a podcast together? And Jimmy's like, oh, the last time I was on. And I was like, when was when was that though? Like, it's mm-hmm. been too yeah. long. I'm so glad that we can finally do a podcast together. And I remember the last podcast me and Schmitty did, we were just like bitching about the Blackhawks the whole time. We were going around in circles. Like <laughs> and I'm like, why don't we do something a little bit more positive and come up with a wish list what things of like of things we want to see the Blackhawks do this offseason. And uh, we were like, we were expecting maybe like we weren't expecting to have the news that happened. And that was that uh, Bruce Cassidy was fired from the Boston Bruins. And it's because Schmitty and I, like, it feels like it's particularly Schmitty and I, the past like few months, it seems like, have been not it's been over a year manifesting. No, it's been past- way longer. It's been well over a year. It's been since the last bubble playoffs, to say the least. Jeez, we've been saying okay. this since, like, I know at least in the podcast. Time, I'm sorry, time is, is, time is just doesn't exist. But, anyways, but not that I was necessarily wanting to lose his job. I was just like, I was not expecting it to happen like this, but. Here we are. It you could tell that this was like the internal battle and struggle between him and Don Sweeney has been kind of documented pretty well the last 18 months, I'd say. There's been a very strong disconnect. It's just they've been winning, so there's not really an issue. Um, this just kind of tells me that I think Boston's gonna have some wholesale changes this offseason. Because if you're getting rid of the coach that's basically keeping this team afloat in my opinion because everyone will say they're carried by like three or four stars whatever it takes good coaching to get that type of five on five play and night in and night out it takes a certain type of voice in the room to get your players to play like that night in and night out yeah maybe the goals don't show up every night because you know who's expected to score these goals but um i really do think this one i really do think this change speaks more for boston than it does cassidy because I don't think this was a proper firing for Cassidy. Yeah, and by Boston, I would definitely say, like you mentioned, Don Sweeney. This this has Don Sweeney's fingerprints all over it, for sure. I mean, uh, I, I haven't seen any fan 
on Twitter so far. <laughs> um, they can justify it because there really is no justifying it. It's a, it's, it's a horrible firing. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, you know, the Bergeron talk's been going on the last couple of weeks a little bit more, you know, ever since they got eliminated. I don't think this does them any favors of keeping him around. Um, just fire like again, Boston's roster, I'm not gonna lie, doesn't scare me on paper. It's what they do, is what scares me. It's what happens on the ice. Because mm-hmm. like you said, Schmidt, you said it perfectly. You don't get five on five play night in, night out without a coach like that. And that's what Boston's been doing for the last five what, six years. And mm-hmm. they've been doing it under him because that's what Bruce Cassidy does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. third so much better on the ice than they are on paper, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense. But I think it's all like Bruce Cassidy, so like mm-hmm. I don't really see the reasoning behind that fire. Yeah. What do you what do you what do you say? <laughs> yeah, it's I was, I was just gonna say it's one of those firings that like I feel like it's gonna leave Boston kind of out the dry in a way that like the Blackhawks were when they let go of Quinville because when you're in a system like that for so long and play that style of play for so long, it's like seeing it's like a whole new thing when like remember how different it was when the Blackhawks went from zone to man on defense or like their gap control to man to man it was like chickens running with their heads cut off and still is never able to figure it out like no and and you look at and like I I, I don't mean to keep cutting you off but like you look at a defenseman like Charlie McAvoy who is in my opinion on the cusp of winning a Norris Trophy if he just gets a little more offensive production his defensive production is that good what is this kind of firing going to do to his play. Because we've seen that certain defensive players gel very well with certain coaches. And if anything, McAvoy has excelled tremendously with Cassidy. I how are you gonna how are you gonna jeopardize what that back end is? And that's basically what Boston's known for, in my opinion. Yeah, it's the perfection line, but it's that fact that that back end six or seven deep and they can stop you every night. That's gonna change. Yeah. That's just gonna change now. And I just I don't know how Boston covers for their blemishes anymore if their defense can't do it. Yeah. Chicago's is going to look that much better when they hire him. Too. Dude, That's we'll be like twentieth in defense. Yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go from yeah, go from thirty to or, yeah, thirty-two to twenty. I remember seeing the That's tweet. I think I forget who said it, but I'm I think it was I don't know who in the Boston organization was talking about. I don't think it was Don Sweeney. Might have been Cam Neely, where it's like uh, Bruce Cassidy is a great coach, but uh, we just need to play differently. And I'm like, as soon as I saw him, like they they got to be firing him. I don't know when it's going to come, but like. It's gonna be sooner rather than later, and oh man, what was I gonna say? What, what is that? What does that even? Okay. Well, they were like hinting at this since they got eliminated. They were kind of dangling with Cassidy's job security wasn't safe, and that Sweeney had more job security, which I never thought made sense because yeah, we do like give Boston credit for going for it every year, but like the we see the, the price that pays. They don't have a prospect pool, like. I don't know. It's a tough ask for a coach to work with no prospects and just expect to develop. It's almost like the, the Derek King ass. Like, what are you expected to do when you are told to make third liners into second liners? Which wouldn't be what he would be asked to do in Chicago if he were here, hypothetically. But I don't know, man. It's a tough ask for Cassidy with what that prospect pool is working with going forward. And we've seen the dominoes fall in Boston last offseason. They lost David Krejci. There's a hole at your second line center. And uh, now you're saying you might lose another top six center with Patrice Bergeron, who just won his fifth Selkie, pro- yeah. definitely the best defensive player of this generation. You look at everything that's happened this past year or so, 
Like they they lost three def I think three defensemen for at least three months. Like McAvoy's out for six months. I yes. think Grizzlick is out for five months, and then Riley's out for three months. That's like that's half of your defensive core right there. That and McAvoy one stings, Bruce man. Six seemingly being able to bring up these guys and help make things better. Like regardless of who plays in there, like they're always a top defensive team. But now you don't have that. Like you made like. They don't have the depth, but like you made Eric Holla get like forty points. Like, what other coach is gonna get gonna get you to do that? I don't, I don't understand this. No, nope. And like I said, like I said, more questions for Boston than whoever hires him. So, yeah. And obviously, Bruce Cassidy doesn't rub the best on everyone, but the numbers speak for themselves with his tenure, and that goes previous too because he was extremely successful in Providence as well. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, the results say it. I don't know. He's got a decent resume. It's not a Colleton situation. Let's put it that way. So, let me just say, yeah, let me say this about Boston. There was, there's, no, there has not been a year where he was head coach. Uh, I forget. Maybe there was one when they missed the playoffs. But nope, I six can't. Years, all six seasons they were there. Yeah, I, I can't. There wasn't, there wasn't a single, single year where they weren't, they weren't a threat. It was amazing. And it wasn't like Pittsburgh, you know, where they're like just this Wolverine. Uh, I believe Steve Dingle put it once perfectly. You just, you rip off something, they grow it back. Boston has just had this, they've had a solid team, but they, like we talk about by committee, that team does it by committee. They've been doing it year in, year out. There's not a single year that the Bruins weren't at least in it while he was their head coach. I, I'm sorry. I just – I can't get over this. This is still blowing my mind. They fucking fired, like, one of the best head coaches in the NHL. I feel like they're one of those teams that, like, they're just, like, dominant every year and they just, like, can't get it done in the playoffs. And, like, they probably could have won a cup in the next couple of years. And then it just doesn't make sense. They probably should have won in 2019. Like, I just have this pulled up from Jay Fresh. 20, so, Bruins 5v5 expected goals against ranking in Cassidy's tenure. 2017-18, which was his – First full season, I believe in 2016-17, he was hired like midway through the year, I'm pretty sure. Because they did say six seasons, there's only five seasons on year. Anyway, so second in 2017-2018, second in 2018-2019 when they were one win away from the Stanley Cup. 2019-2020 first, 2020-2021 third, and then this year first, 2021-2022, But yeah, just elite defensive results. And that's that's kind of be, going to be the question. Like, does Bruce Cassidy want to come to Chicago? Because does the do the Blackhawks want to get Bruce Cassidy? Because yeah, that's a hell of a head coach. Like he's you could argue he's a top five head coach in the NHL. But does it line up with their timeline? I don't know. But at the same time, how many coaches like this are going to be on the market? I I don't like him now, obviously. But uh, the first name that comes to mind is Mike Babcock with the Leafs. He signed there knowing that this was over his words. We know there's going to be pain and this and that. I thought you were, I thought you were saying Mike Babcock to Chicago. I'm like, what are you trying oh, whoa, 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 whoa. to say? No, I get what you're trying to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did yeah. not. I'm like, what? Um, no, Babcock came on knowing, and again, uh, you know, horrible in a retrospect, but uh, but he came on knowing that this was it was going to be a process, that there was, again, I think his words were like going to be pain. Um, but he came on there knowing what it was going to be. Obviously, uh, schedule, you know, they went, they uh, recovered faster than expected. But um, I could, yeah, if they hire him, that has to be why. You know, a promise that in two, three years, you're going to have a team that 
you've helped us grow from, you know, from the ground up and you're a contender, but I mean, there's no other reason he'd come here, right? Like why else would he come here? That's gotta be the only thing they can offer. He was drafted by the Blackhawks, so. Mm-hmm. So, so, oh yeah, sorry, hockey rules. Yeah, if you're, yeah, you have connections, you're hired automatically. My bad. Don't worry, we'll give him the contract time. as long as his old number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah put his number looks looks up. What number did Bruce Cassidy wear with the Blackhawks? Exactly. I'm gonna hold up. I'm gonna put him as my Twitter banner in a Blackhawks jersey. No, but Jimmy, I actually do like that comparison. I I didn't even think of that, but. I've been thinking about it for months, dude. <laughs> Even though it is about the Leafs, how can we make it about the Leafs? Like the 2015-16 Maple Leafs were probably are probably the best worst team in NHL history. Like I, dude, I followed team. that team closer than I've been able to follow them the last few years. That team was, I mean, talk about a team that was supposed to be bad, but just would not allow it. They would not allow themselves to be. Even if they, I believe they weren't they ranked, they were ranked last, right? I believe yeah, they were dead last. They were yeah. 30th, I think. And yeah, I never felt like never back did. in the day when there was only 30 teams. But they're actually they were fun to watch. That team actually, uh, I don't know, they kept it interesting even through such a torturous season uh, in terms of uh, results. That really was the best worst team, and yeah, they were their numbers. I believe their numbers improved in terms of a five on five play, a five on five play. Yeah, uh, possession, Corsi. I think that all went up from the season before. Even though they were the lowest ranked team, their numbers got better under him immediately. In 2016-17, they make the playoffs, and uh, obviously they win the cup within the next five years, and the rest is history. So you know that's that's great. But how does this affect the Leafs? And clearly, they beat Bruce Cassidy oh, in the first round, and Mike Babcock out coached him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that is a good comparison because that year, again, like they finished last, they got the first overall pick, but at the same time, it's going to take a few more years for them to make the playoffs <clears> because. Uh, <laughs> Let's say they do hire Cassidy. The second season going into it, they're not going to have – unless they get Connor Bedard, they're not going to have, like, another player like William Nylander or Mitch Marner coming through in the system, you know? Like, yeah. But ugh, it's just – how do you pass up on hiring – potentially hiring a coach like Bruce Cassidy? Find the Blackhawks have to board, have do their due diligence yeah. like they did with Barry Trotz. I don't think Barry Trotz – I think Bruce Cassidy more fits another timeline than Barry Trotz is because Barry Trotz is a bit older, but and way more defensive minded. I, I think Bruce Cassidy could probably squeeze a bit more offense out of some guys, but yeah, they at the very least got to do their due diligence. All right, so I don't know if you guys have anything else to add on that topic, or we can go on to the the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, go on to shithead Evander Kane. That's oh God! I want to. I got a. I got a bone to pick with this loser. Oh, yes, I got a I bone to pick. No, I'm so serious. <laughs> like the most bush league play of the playoffs, coming from the most bush league player left in the playoffs. We Does it even surprise us? Too, and we were like, "That's gonna be a five minute, and that's gonna be suspension." Which thankfully it was both. The NHL got something right. Yeah, was it one, one game? game? Oh no, he got suspended for the rest of the season. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, they're trailing. Bad, by the way, we're recording this while the game is being played. We're not even doing it because I know Edmonton's over. Like they're already losing one nothing. No, like out. Evander Kane is the biggest fucking idiot. I'm sorry. Like you are literally one of the catalysts in the reasons your team is in the conference final, and you take one of the most boneheaded penalties I've ever seen in my life. After your team finally gets a lead, like Pierce said on the live stream, and the crowd's 
fucking going crazy in Edmonton and you immediately put a dagger in that shit because you want to be a fucking idiot and double down because you could have skated away from Kadri, but you didn't. You double down, hit him in the numbers right into the fucking boards. It is so avoidable. It makes me sick. This guy should not even be in the fucking league right now. It's unbelievable. No, he doesn't. You know what? I I hope they get beat six nothing tonight, honestly. And I it sucks for McDavid. I don't really care. This is just another reason for him to get the fuck out, in my opinion. Like, if this was the only reason they made it, because they had to literally sign a bankrupt fucking loser who's gonna cheap shot people when you need him most, looks good on you. Looks good on you, Edmonton. And that's been the thing with Evander Kane his whole entire career. Incredible, talented athlete, very skilled. We've seen it on display. But we've also seen this on display. He cannot get out of his own way. He does stupid shit on and off the ice. Yep. It's unacceptable. I I don't understand how you can be in his position knowing that anything, like you have a target on your back no matter what, and you pull some shit like that. They didn't even try to hide it to the the numbers about. Show no remorse, too. And the coach defended him on multiple occasions. Lost a lot of respect for Jay Woodcroft in this one. Oh, got to protect the boys and shit. Bullshit. You and your what? mother knows. Everyone and their mother knows how Bush League that shit is. I'm sorry. Like, top to bottom, Edmonton looks like a joke right now. And it sucks because they they, they've been such a fun story up until that game. Yeah. I miss the Woodcroft quotes uh, until now. That's that's embarrassing. Yeah. It, no, you know, you, you, you know. It, it's, it reminds me of Barube when, uh, you know, like, the yes. Kadri had to literally get a police escort to games. Which, keep in mind, Kane hit Kadri on this play. So everyone's like, oh. Nazem Kadri or you could be like Tim Peel and be like, fucking... Karma, Karma's a bitch. And now Nazem Kadri sounds like he's out for the rest of the postseason. So how can the referee that li- was literally fired for being Rigging biased games. have literally any single thing about Karma? And if anything, God. that just adds more to the. Uh, doesn't that just adds more? To, <laughs> to he blocked me. I called him a fucking hack. I can't stand that idiot. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I would joke and say I'm sure he's thinking about you, but God knowing that he thought about me enough to block me. Is. So... He probably is. He probably is. Knowing that. Hey, listen, if I actually talk to him, he'd tell me to go meet him in St. Louis and square up like a tough guy because he wants to fist, he wants to throw fisticuffs like Evander Kane and all these hey, other Hey, listen, movies. listen, you need, hey, Jesus. hey, you got to fear the karma of uh, harassing him on Twitter and hurting his feelings. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just like the most backwards league on the planet. I was going to say, take this, this league is so backwards. We let Tim Peel get like we how did we Tim Peel has a fucking platform. Yeah. What ref in any other league has a platform? What what ref in any other league has a fucking platform? And he also he doesn't he's not using his platform to inform people from I mean listen no, I, don't, I don't follow him but from what I've seen it's him defending other referees. It's what I've seen. So uh yeah I think we could do it with uh with a little less uh a little less Tim Peel in our lives. Definitely. Yep. I was like, me and Schmitty last. So just the more you say this shit out, the more like you can only laugh at it. Like it's ridiculous. So stupid. <laughs> it is. So stupid. Like I just, it, it sucks too because this should have been the most exciting series of this of the conference final. It's literally McDavid versus McKinnon, the two biggest stars in the league. And the only thing we could talk about is Edmonton or Colorado playing with their food because Edmonton can't step up to the plate, and then Evander Kane being a mega shithead. Like, the fact that that's the reigning storylines of this series is pathetic, honestly. I like, was so excited for this series, and it's just been nothing but disappointment. And credit to Colorado, because Colorado is, like, now they have no Gerard or Kadri, and they look like they haven't skipped a beat. So, it's no credit to either. them. 
Yeah, like uh, yeah. Pierce, you we mentioned it on the stream a bunch of times. And Chushkin almost had a hat trick last game. He looks so future good. Future Blackhawk Valley and Chushkin. Future Blackhawk Valley and Chushkin, baby. But um, yeah, it, it, credit to Colorado, but it's just like man, Edmonton was the story you wanted to root for him, and it's just like you are doing everything in your power to make it as po- most make it impossible to root for you. You know what I mean? It's just like. Yeah. It, it makes me sad, honestly. It really does. We're just wasting uh, another year of McDavid's prime like this. It's great. It's going to stay because they made the conference final. We don't. Want oh, it. dude, he's getting extended. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on now. You know what I heard? I'm pretty sure Jay Woodcroft doesn't even have a contract after next year. Time like, for the Hawks to sign Jay Woodcroft. Oh, my God. <laughs> just like I don't understand the Oilers, and I never will. And then we get to get all the fun stories of the offseason afterwards and how they're going to extend Mike Smith for two more years because he's hey, so good hey, these playoffs hey, with 9 hey, they, they have to wait till July 1st because he still has another year on his contract, don't you know? Mike Smith is literally Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's unbelievable. I love how they, they finally face an offense, like an elite offense, and look what happens. I know the Flames had their top line this season. I understand, but that was never the Flames' strong suit. They play play a team that actually that has a that is primarily offense, and uh, look what happens. Mike Smith, uh, we found that Mike Smith isn't really a good goalie. What a shocker! He giveth and he taketh away. Like yep. he was. I'll give credit to what he did, but man, he's not. He's not it. He's not it. Like game guy. three, like he kept them in it, but he also cost him the game with that awful goal that he gave up to Jake DeComp for. Yep. <laughs> like that yeah, happened last it. year's against Calgary, but Edmonton was able to find a way back. But against Colorado, that's just so hard to do when you're already trailing in the series yeah. on the brink of being three nothing. Yeah. Uh, about to be four nothing. Don't worry. They're done. Yeah. They're yeah. so done. They're cooked. They're cooked like you left the fries in the oven too long. Cooked. Like, it's bad. Yeah. But no, yeah, like, full credit to Colorado. They totally deserve to win this series. And I, 100%. I, think, I think I'm cheering for them to win the cup because they're just yeah. such a, a likable team. You don't, I don't see any they, player on that roster. I'm like, fuck you, asshole. You guys don't deserve this cup. They got over the hump, and this is the one year that they need to win. So, yeah, there's like, any team. They're going to lose half of their team to free agency, pretty yeah, much. Like, Edmonton. They'll be fine. Like they play in the Pacific. Fucking New York's playing with house money still, technically, and then Tampa's Tampa. So <laughs> no introduction needed. Honestly, Tampa three peats like the second thing I'm cheering for right now. <laughs> That's how bad these playoffs have gotten. Anyways, let's talk about the Rangers in Tampa now. I guess <laughs> that was a good fucking game last game. I enjoyed. I didn't. I wasn't able to watch that game. I, I was working. <laughs> I finally Same. got to watch the game in full. It was nice. Um, I hated the outcome, but it was a great, great game. Uh, Tampa was getting pushed onto the back of their heels in the first period. Um, they they didn't. They looked like it looked like 2019. It genuinely looked like 2019 all over again. Uh, Rangers get two quick ones. Uh, it really looked like the Rangers had in the bag. But uh, talk about Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Tampa just turns it on second half of the game. Get a couple of power play goals themselves. Um, it, it's just a fun. This is a great series, man. Like it, it halfway through the game, I'm sitting there and I, and I, I really, it really hit me. I'm like, this is good hockey. Like we've been watching Blackhawks hockey all season, and we're here at the conference finals, watching two of the fastest teams in the league, just going back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Rangers, I, I cannot get over how like, the chemistry that team has is insane. 
this is why a team like that gets house money because of chemistry like that. I mean, that team is gelled from top to bottom, and that is all to Gerard Gallant. I mean, holy shit. If, some, if you could give coach of the playoffs to somebody, it has to go to Gallant. He has coached that team to perfection. It's beautiful to watch, but uh, Andre Pilat happened, so, you know, Rangers lose. Yeah, I mean, at least I won't end up in a sweep, so it'll be nice to see one conference final series actually go past four games. Also, I need to continue my uh, fuck Pat Maroon agenda. Still pulling bullshit. It's, it's I, I just need to say this. Uh, uh, officials aren't getting any better um, after last game. Yeah, it's it's just same shit. Did, did you guys see that uh, Maroon and Zabanjad little tussle in the corner or whatever? No, no. Fucking I didn't really catch anything from that game. Three seconds left in the second period. Uh, Zabajad's just got the puck in the corner. Um, I could probably find a gif. And Maroon just almost – he pushes him, and he shoves him about a good five feet into the boards. Scrum ensues, usual thing. Kutrov's pulling his shit. So we're kind of seeing Tampa – the thing about the Rangers that has really impressed me is they're in Tampa's heads. You know, by that point, Tampa hadn't tied it. They were down. They're, I really think the Rangers have a – genuinely good chance of winning the series like i think one oh sorry oh no go ahead man. go ahead i've been talking my ass off <laughs> i was gonna say i think one thing that um doesn't get taken into account with tampa's mental psyche is like people forget how like men- how much of mental midgets that team was before they won back-to-back cups like they would go down mm-hmm. in a series and they would turtle so hard i vividly remember them not scoring a goal in the final seven periods of the washington series like they was, turtled wasn't it eight Eight. Oh, yeah. Was it eight? Motherfucker, yeah. it was eight. Oh, my God. They got that goal in the second. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's just – it's one of those situations where you can – you can't beat your demons fully sometimes. You know what I mean? And Tampa, mm-hmm. when they face adversity, has always been a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Like, they came back down a couple times against the Islanders. They were down 3-2 going into game – or I think they were tied 3-3 going into game seven. They've been down in multiple series before. That's besides the point. But not it's like Elmer 2-0 like they have. Yeah. Not, literally not since Columbus. Literally not since Columbus. But it's also one of those situations where if this series gets the 2-2, they're going to shut the door. Because they – like, once again, like you said, Jimmy, they're Jekyll and Hyde because they have that turtle aspect, but they have that aspect where they can be like the prime hawks and just shut no, you down dude, and make I'm you play their way. I, I can't remember – the last time I saw a game by Tampa where it was clear as day, just first half, horrible 2019. They looked scared. They looked frightened. They looked like they were, they were back in the playoffs, you know, for the fifth year in a row after losing in the first round or the second round every time they looked afraid. And then they just found their gear and God, well, at one point it was, uh, I believe 28, 47 um, near the end of the third period. Like, and, and, most of the game, uh, Rangers were, I believe, were up in shots by quite a bit. And obviously shots, you know, that's, you know, that doesn't count quality of shots. But I can say from watching, Tampa just turned it on, man. Constant pressure, constant pressure. And uh, uh, as, as someone who really wants the Rangers, I really want that Cinderella run. I really want the Cinderella run. So I I think uh, I, I think uh, tomorrow that's a must win Game for four uh, will be for the Rangers. Like, I think we'll decide the series who wins. No, the seriously, I think if the Rangers get up three one. I think they win it because I don't know. Just it's, it seems like so hard for them to blow a three one series, especially when you got two games at home to close it out. 
And like Shesterkin is starting to get into that Vasilevsky tier where it's like it's hard to bet against him. I mean, like he's still let in what three goals on fifty something shots. Like he's still there. But if Tampa does get that game four, oof, mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I think this chooses series. I completely agree with you. Yeah, completely agree. It's one of those series where you could tell home ice matters, and it's rare that that's a case nowadays in the playoffs because teams have just tended to be very play very well. It was important for Carolina this year up until the game they <laughs> needed to win. I mean, it's been important for New York. New York's only lost one game at home, and it was that first one. It was a triple overtime game in the first game of the play. Yep. It's like exactly. They don't lose at home. Tampa doesn't lose at home. Tampa lost one game at home, I think, which was the Tampa or Toronto game three. Like, something's going to have to give eventually. <laughs> you look like you're having flashbacks. You should be. <laughs> no, me? Me? Yeah, you should be. Mark Giordano moment. Anyways. <laughs> I mean it's no Dermot McSpinia at the at the Okay. Can we, can we just can we just can we what do you gain from this? Everything. Everything. Yeah, everything. You brought this upon yourself. Anyways. But you know what? I am thinking. Since this series is actually interesting, we should live stream that game tomorrow. Watching that game. Oh, I'm down. Yeah, I I won't lie. I watched uh, I watched a bit of the first uh, Colorado Oilers game, and I think I've watched parts of the next two. <laughs> like it's just not it's not a series. It's, Colorado's playing with their food. I've been saying that since game one. Yeah, like, such they, a perfect term for it. They they're, they are outclassing no Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. It also doesn't help that Yamamoto's out and your top scorer was a shithead and isn't playing tonight. So, you know. I mean, they got Dylan Hallway in there, but like, I feel like they're making these what, changes. What are you asking out of a 20 year old? Like, can, yeah. welcome to the big leagues, kid. We're down 3 0. We need you to step up. Like, what a fucking <laughs> terrible situation. <laughs> What's a possible situation? Isn't this Holloway's like debut too? Oh yeah, it's his yeah. debut. Like, like, imagine your first game down three zero in the conference final. Against the Colorado Avalanche. Like, yeah, have it's fun, kid. Night, Don't let us lose. Like, they're putting. Yeah, make sure you got Ranton and make sure you got Ranton on the wing there. Yeah. They couldn't have done that. You didn't get your man. What do you mean? <laughs> I was guarding fucking five ten dudes a minute ago. <laughs> It's just yeah, like it's they couldn't have done at least on the switches in game three when they you could have argued they had a chance at series. Like you couldn't have gone to Miko Koskinen. But like they did top they're, six they're riding and dying by Mike Smith, but they're dying by Mike Smith. They're dying. <laughs> if you're riding Mike dying Smith, by Mike Smith, so you're good, six guys. feet under. Look at that glove save he made on the power play that one time. I can't stand favorite, the Mike Smith. My favorite in thing the is the I gotta say too. God, do announcers fucking love Mike Smith? And I, he's, he he's just one of he's one of the hockey he guys. That he's just one of the hockey guys. I don't know how, but he's just one of the guys. I I, I didn't know that. But, Dude, his uh, name is well, Mike Smith. I was gonna say. Yeah, also, yeah. speaking of the announcers, you could clearly tell how bad ESPN wants the Rangers in the final. Like every time the Rangers score, they lose their fucking minds. But when Tampa scores, it's just and they score. It's like yeah, you know, money yeah. Oh, who was who scored? I think it was Jacob Slavin scored. And Brady Shea, I know exactly like, what goal you're talking and, about. 
who scores? Like then it was literally no, but then when Heedle scores, it's Villarreal fucking screams his head off like the Avs announcer. Like I fucking can't stand Sean McDonough. He sucks. Sean McDonough. That's his name, Sean. Yeah, he's Sean McDonough. He sucks, dude. Like he's the worst. He's the main guy, and they got a better guy on the second group. They got Butcher Gross. It's like Butcher Gross and uh, who's the other? Who's the other guy? I love him too. Get Gary Gary Thorn back for God's sake. He's He's fun. He's so the, the guy I they had calling the Edmonton series half the time was great. Yeah, Anyone but Sean McDonough. It's Sean, Sean like, McDonough. Pierce, it's Sean horror. McDonough and Ray fucking Ferraro. That's who they have on the main team. Like Ferraro's great. Oh, no, that's what's yeah, called. Emily Kaplan. Let Emily Kaplan do the play by Well, Emily Kaplan's <laughs> in between the benches too. She's like the third person, but like she doesn't no, get on dude. nearly as much as Ray's bullshit. Pierce, do you understand how cool this is? Like my mom and I are watching hockey, and I'm like, I I talk to that lady. I talk to her. She said we're cool. And she, my mom's like, authentic. Nice. Oh, I was watching the the first game of uh, the Oilers <laughs> Avalanche with my sister, and there was the commercial with Steve Dangle where he's like right up close to the screen. Oh, <laughs> my sister, like, who is that? I'm like, I interviewed that guy. And she's like, Wow, really? Really? <laughs> Yeah, it's like one of the best moments of my life, by the way. I hope you know that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, that's it's 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 funny. It's funny how that works. Anyways, um, yeah. What no, else is there to really in say? In Canada, we have uh, Harang Singh, who is uh, with I forget who he's with, but he's doing the Tampa New York series. He's the guy who goes like Connor McDavid. No, yeah, I'm not a big fan of him. So I'm not fun. a big fan. Of You're him. not a big fan. Of him. Maybe it's just him. I don't know. I don't like his Oiler calls get on my nerves. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I personally like his. I don't. I, uh, I don't he's know. the closest thing we have to a basketball announcer in hockey. That's why uh, I love he's him. trying to be a soccer announcer so bad. Like, wait, it's wait why am I saying that? Yeah, actually, crazy. Right? He's trying to be a like Premier League announcer. Desperately. I say he's the closest thing to. He's a trying to go. But like he does that every fucking time, and I want to lose my fucking mind. I can't do it. Mm. I can't do it. it triggers my fight or flight. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, you go outside the box, and like and the yeah, fact that he's the right. B team for Sportsnet does not give me hope. Jesus Christ. Well, and Chris Cuth- Cuthbert is the main I, guy, so nothing wrong with the yeah. goat. All right, Goatbert's fine. Really That's not the that. issue. It's the other one. Pierce, uh, did you pay any attention to the World Championships this summer? Because I didn't. I watched the the championship game because it happened to be on. Oh, Finland um, beat Canada. I didn't see that. Revenge yes. from last year when the underdog Canadians took it from a game winner by Nick Paul. Canadians. Now, where have I heard that before? Oh, by the way, yeah, Nick Paul is a fucking player. Like, I'm telling you. Gave me a lot of PTSD last game. But, uh, man, what a – just what a fucking dog. What a great playoff player. Holy can't wait till shit. the Hawks get him a four times four. Hey, can't wait till <laughs> – don't do that. Uh, they're going to. Hard <laughs> work hard. Yeah, because that's the kind of player Kyle D wants. Anyways. Oh, oh. Nick Any, Paul with is going to be oh, shit, epic. That's gonna be the net. That's gonna be the good Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> Here's I was looking at uh, uh Wally's got his um his little his little list of uh was it uh breakout players possible his breakout players analytics list. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, obviously no. I, I I don't I don't read his graphs because I don't know what numbers are. I have my eyes. I'm good. But uh, I, I don't know. I saw Sam laugh at his name. I just <laughs> named him for a minute. And I'm like, 
I miss watching Sam Lafferty play hockey. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, dude, he he is such a dog. He literally is like 99 overall dog, dog in his. He's literally 100. <laughs> cats, literally, That's like, forward. analytics bad. Got that dog in him. is in the 100th percentile, though. Like, it's crazy. No, my, my younger brother, one of my younger got back into hockey this year. And, uh, you know, oh, Sean. Fucking Sean. You said his name. Big Sean Gus. Yo, big Sean Gus. Big Sean Big Sean Gus. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh. It's so funny. He's like every every game we play. He's like, dude, Lafferty's just a, such a fucking like dog. Like he's just a beast. <laughs> every shift he's going, he's so. I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it, I'm just thankful. He was like one of the best parts of the the end of the season. I don't think I would have watched the rest of the season if it wasn't for Sam Lafferty. I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. Yeah, I was like, can we just not? Because that's Marketable so fucking sad. Like, it, you know, it's sad, but when you have man. Sam Lafferty, you can mark it. Fuck! Oh, can't wait till he's shown at the Blackhawks convention. Oh wait, they don't do that anymore. Well, but that know. but the thing is, it's that I hope that we get that next season. I don't know. We talked we talked about the you know maybe we get into it now. You know, wish list for next season. That's that's the kind of shit that I want. It, like they're gonna be bad next season. We know this. But as we All talked right, about earlier, he's right, gonna transfer this team in a couple. Of <laughs> you're right. You're right, dude. <laughs> White Kalanick's gonna be like Matt Grizzly, just out of nowhere. It's gonna be great. Um. What? But, Ian Mitchell's uh, gonna be Charlie McAvoy. There you go. Right, yeah. We're gonna have one. two Charlie that's McAvoys with Seth Jones. McChills. <laughs> Shut up. Stop. And then Connor Murphy's gonna be Brendan Carlo. <laughs> Love it. But um, no, I, uh, um, I, I just want it to be an enjoyable year. Start, let's start off that wish list. That's why I want it to be. I want like I want the Maple Leafs in 2015-16. I want, I want a good bad team. I want a fun bad team. I want. To have guys like that out there every game, who even if they're losing, are we need Brad cool. boys. We need yes, we do. Yeah. Guys. We need I'm trying to think of players. Nick Spalding. We hey, need. Hey, 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 hey! hey. I think we're all forgetting about Frankie Corrado. We're gonna bring him out of retirement. We are. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm he's gonna be our Connor I'm Murphy replacement when we Twitter him. right now. Ding. Sorry. <laughs> that just very. That took every all of us. That's hilarious. Oh, that was good. My bad. That's a good second. That's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Oh God, my eyes. Let's talk about watching Blackhawks hockey. Speaking of blindness. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. <laughs> Pierce, what's on your wish list, bud? Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bruce Cassidy, man. Like, they at least got to do it. Be real. If, if they get Bruce Cassidy somehow, like, I'll forgive everything that happened in the past, at least the odd eye stuff. I'll be like, you know what? No first round pick. I don't care. We got Bruce Cassidy. Oh, no prospects in our pool. Oh, we got Bruce Cassidy, though. Oh, this, that, and the other. Oh, we got Bruce Cassidy, though. It'd definitely I, be a good stepping. It'd definitely be a good uh, leadoff point for the mm-hmm. rebuild. For sure, like I mean, obviously Hagel was the Kickstarter to the rebuild, but to like have the coach put in place and it's that someone who can put that system in with the players. I like, yeah. Do not care. It's not my money. Literally, give them <laughs> like what's the most years you can give? <laughs> they gave Babs like, ten, Babs, didn't they? Like, no, they gave him eight. I think. Like, is there a like a, a written rule where it's like, oh, you can only give a coach eight years? I don't care. Sign them for like fifteen years. Go to Rick D. Pietro. Give him a ten and ten. Yeah, Pierce, 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 I'm sorry. 
I was checking my list, you know, writing my list, checking it twice, and I just hear, I don't care. It's not my money. <laughs> yeah, it's not my money. Yeah, a little okay. bit of rainy flashback. Throw all the money you need to do at Bruce Cassie to bring him here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, Shmi, that's a great idea. Give him a 10 by 10. <laughs> no one... <laughs> No one can make, then no one can make more money than Bruce Cassidy. It's like, oh, I want ten million. No, too bad. That's that's the same amount as Bruce Cassidy. We're we're shipping you out. But yeah, Bruce Bruce Cassidy is at the top of my list. Um, obviously, like, it'd be nice if the Blackhawks could somehow, some way, get a top ten pick. But the only way they're gonna get that is if they trade Alex to bring it. So that's that's kind of out of the question. And well, you know what? Like, we heard the report from Elliot Freeman, a groundbreaking report that whoa, the Blackhawks are looking to trade or like testing the market for all these players, not necessarily looking to trade them, but like oh listening to contract public, which it seems like we've heard for the past few months now. Heard it for a year now, yeah. Because like, I, I think it was at the intermission on the live stream, I like heard it, I'm like, oh, Blackhawks, and then I just like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's literally the same thing they've been saying for a year now. Yeah, like Seth Jones, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, they're not going to be moved. And like anyone without a no movement clause, like anyone that isn't tied down, you can, pardon me, be on your way out. Um, I don't like. Does that mean they're going to re-sign Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane? I don't know. Like Seth Jones, you're not getting rid of him. How are you going to give him that contract? Give all that up for him and just be like. And he had a good season. You're just like, no, we're gonna we're gonna trade you. We're gonna get you. Yeah, out. we're just right done away. here. That's like Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane. I can understand that from that perspective, where it's like, oh, they've they've been asked to waive their waive their no movement clause, and then create all that frenzy that you just don't need with this franchise right now with those players. Whereas, like, say a team comes with a trade, like Boston somehow comes to Chicago and be like, yo, we want Jonathan Taze to replace Patrick Kane. It's like, here's what we give up, and then. Kyle Davidson goes to Jonathan Taze is like, hey, there's a spawn box and you could be first line center. Like, hell, Bergeron's not there anymore. Maybe you can be like, Kyle, there's somewhere else. Oh, Bergeron. So, yeah. And same with Patrick Kane, where if he's like, I want to go play in New York, a team that is right on the cusp of winning the cup. If they don't win the cup this year, I want to play with Artemi Panarin again. And yep. yeah. And if the, the package is there, you, you do it. So that's how that's how I see it. Um, looking at the Blackhawks cap friendly, another thing I would like them to do is take on a bad contract to get a good asset back. Now, don't think they should take on like a Sergei Bobrovsky because of hey, that's a thing. But like, I think like, like an Anton Kudobin, who I think has like a year left and like Dallas mm. clearly needs the money for Ottinger. That's the thing you do where you take on like a goalie or whatever, just like a bad contract for maybe like a year or two, because they're not going to really need that money or really going to be investing that money elsewhere because they're just not that good of a team. So I'd like to see them do that. Like maybe potentially like take like a, a contract by, back, like Perina, Peter Morazic, where you potentially move into the first round. That's something I would like to see. And Look at the free agent. Cannot escape Peter Morazic. <laughs> yes. Um, and then just looking at the free agency pool, I'd like them to target like a younger free agency. Like obviously you're not gonna find like 20, 21 year old, 22 year olds in free agency that are superstars. 
But like players like I don't know. I don't think Max Domi fits their mold, but I'm just looking at players that are like 27 UFAs, had good years, and could potentially be on the Blackhawks. Like Andre Burakovsky, maybe. Um, Valerian Nachushkin, I think, would be a good fit because he's a, a big body. He's one of the best two-way forwards on that on that Colorado team. Someone even argue in the league. Like he had 52 points in 62 games, 25 goals. He's just 27. So even if you give him like four even I, I want to give him five years but like four times five that would be mm-hmm. a perfectly perfectly reasonable contract to me so those sure. are some things i would like to see with the blackhawks this offseason like <laughs> Shmini brought it up earlier but like nick paul too like if you can get him on a, a, a like a, a cheaper contract like a two times two or something i would i would do that like you have 32 goals or sorry 32 points 80 games 16 goals like those those are the those are the kind of players i'd be trying to target Hell, even Curtis Lazar, Bruce Cassidy's going to need a player he's familiar with when he comes over here. You know, curious though. Speaking of young players, uh, and uh, this is incredible to me because this goes back to one of the first podcasts we ever recorded. This is uh, late twenty nineteen. Whoa, uh, that was two years ago. Kevin Fiala. Oh, I don't think they'll get Kevin Fiala. No. I would love for them. Unless they're unless he's going to free agency, anyone then like, do you want to give that money in turn to him? Also, Minnesota we would never trade him within the division. There's just not a chance in hell, unless they gave him Alex to bring it, which they're not doing. So I would not trade Alex to bring it for Kevin Fiala. No, thank you. Yep. Yeah. No. Would be nice, but no, don't think that would yeah, happen. No. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Anyone want to go through it? I, I felt like I kind of went through. I wanted to. I wanted to see from the Blackhawks like Bruce Cassidy. I would just love that as a head coach. Like just have a head coach that's proven at the NHL level that he's getting good results. Maybe not. They're probably not going to be a playoff team, but he's going to instill in them like how to play defense. You're going to make Seth Jones like potentially step to another level when this was one of his best years. Like. Ian Mitchell is going to benefit from that. All the defensive prospects, even though they're not like top two, maybe not even top four guys, maybe one of them comes out of nowhere and maybe becomes a top four guy. And like the forwards, like Kirby Doc, you could take a next step as kind of a two way monster center. Same yeah. with Alex to bring kit. Like it's just. There's so much that, that would benefit this team. There's so, there's yeah, there's so, so much he could do. That, and dude. getting Bruce Casty would, would probably like not would like keep you from completely bottoming out and getting a good chance at Connor Bedard, but you know what? One the draft I think not, it's worth it, man. I think it's worth it. Yeah, like like to us it's easy to say, oh well you should tank, but like tank and get Connor Bedard or one of the top three guys, but like how hard is it for these players to go through another losing season? So Getting Bruce Cass- like I don't think they're going to make the playoffs if they get Bruce Cassidy because no. we don't know what their goaltending situation is. We don't even know if Alex DeBrinket's going to be like. There's been no commitments made, but like get Bruce mm-hmm. Cassidy in there, you you at least stabilize that part. Mm-hmm. So, and as from like draft picks, I actually don't like. In an ideal world, they would have their sixth overall mm-hmm. pick, but they don't have it. You gotta you gotta deal with the the hand you're dealt. Kyle Davidson's mm-hmm. got to clean up. He shall not be named. Yeah, and the, you got the two first round picks next year. You're gonna hopefully get two good players, and then the two first round picks after that. So you can look forward to that. For the time being, you got I think the 38th overall pick. You got a late second round pick. If by some 
miracle by the grace of God, the Oilers come back. You have a leather, another late second round pick, but you throw up three third round picks. Like you can find value. You're not going to find like a franchise player, but I've said this. Like yeah. you, you can potentially find a Jason Robertson in the second round, who was really blossomed this year. Alex DeBrinket was a second round pick. Like you can find guys in there that could be top six, top four contributors in the future. But we got we got to see all this happen, and then kind of from the free agency aspect of things, I don't want to, like. I think we talked about like Vincent Trocheck. I just don't think that fits the block. Like I think he turns twenty nine this offseason. Like if you hand him like a five or six year contract that just and like six million dollars, that just doesn't I wanna clarify when I brought up Trocheck, it was not for a long term deal. Oh I know I very much want to justify that. Yeah. Like no. it was definitely because he doesn't get the market he thinks he gets and then they overpay him for three years. It's something like that. Yeah, I, I didn't mean like that. I meant like just yeah. like they don't like. I don't think you should overpay any center. No, like yeah. over, over, or over, like give over term, like over even overpaying is not really the issue. It's just it's just the term. Like again, like if they can get him at like a three or six million dollar contract, I guess do it. But you mm-hmm. should not be giving term to anyone. No, unless it's just an absolute superstar, which there isn't one of that on the market this year. Nope. But anyways. That's all I have to say from my wish list. I want to hear from your guys. See if there's anything mm-hmm. different. Um, I can go ahead if you want. Go. Um, I mean, I really, I didn't put much. I just had a, <clears throat> just a, about two or three things. Um, and I, I've talked about this one a bit. I'm probably just beating a dead horse, but um, I really do want to see them try to move Taves. Um, obviously, there's um don't know what kind but there's clearly a lot of tension there between him and uh just the you know the plan they have in front of them um he just doesn't I, seem on board for a rebuild you know what like a comment if he wants to stay, if he doesn't want to move then keep him here whatever yeah if he wants to move it's not going to kill him but yeah. yeah if you know if you can get i i say it because i think that um there's still is value to be had with him i mean you just you just look at look at what look at how the hockey world talks about him you know that he's he's Jonathan Taves. You know he's still captain, serious, all that. He's got know. that pedigree, three cups, yeah, three rings. They think, yeah, he's got that dog in him, but he's or, got that know, or whatever. So you know, I, I I say that because I think he's still valued. I would not trade for him on my hockey team, but I think there are GMs that are dumb enough that would do it. So there's a GM like Ken Holland that literally traded a third and killed mm, Jones for Duncan Keith. Yeah, so if they can get something out of him, um. Because I think that there might be more, uh, yeah, and I, fucking, I know, but I think that I have, I have a good feeling that there's more value to him than uh, than a lot of fans may think. Just because hockey men are hockey men. Um, uh, the other one, other, yeah, these are pretty simple ones. These other two. Um, uh, first off, uh, I forget is Delia. He's off the books this year, right? Yeah, I don't think he's I think off the, the only boys they have signed her. I'm pretty sure it's just Soderblom. Hang on. Yeah. Right now. Either way, well, no, either way, it's okay. I, I was just curious because either way, um, move on from Delia. Never mind. They have Jackson Stoller signed as well. So they have two. We're good. They're good. They're good to go. <laughs> Stanley Cup on the way. Um, no, I, I just, uh, I hope they resign Lincoln and and uh, find a goalie that can, you know, they can go about fifty thirty something like that. Um, because I, I, I don't think. Lincoln's, you know, he, I don't think he's even ready to be a 1A. I mean, this last season was horrendous. So I'm hoping they find him a 1A um, so that uh, Lynx can hopefully, first off, stay healthy and uh, 
you know, after that, you know, I think uh, just kind of let him, you know, let him play in that backup position uh, at least for a year or two, hopefully. Um, and just, just hopefully get something for Kubalik or Strom. I don't think they will necessarily, but if they can, that would be great. I doubt it, but it'd be nice. Kubalik, I don't care about. I think I've, I think I think everyone's like made the decision. Like fans and the management, even him, have just made the decision that's not going to work out. And it's the it's yeah. the fucking qualifying offers that kill it. It's it's the worst thing because if though if that wasn't so high, then if you could get him out of there for you know a two mil or this or that, if you could you know, trade them with that kind of money, sure, great, but they they can't. So fucking weird situation but hopeful there um and really last i'd say just hopefully if you can i don't know who you'd move for but just if you can find a way to get maybe like a second or a third in this draft just stockpile a little bit you know wouldn't hurt to have that but the big one for me is is trying to get some for taves because i think there really is much more out there um, than a lot of people think yeah. all right <laughs> <laughs> I want to go next. I'll go because right. I have piggyback off of Jimmy, but just like figure out goaltending. Yes. Agreed. Move on from Delia. I feel like he's <laughs> yeah. for so long and he's gotten so many chances. And he just, he's so inconsistent and just, he never seemed to like put it all together, I guess. And just, maybe we could, maybe we could buy him a glove. That <laughs> that might work, you know. Um, Murray syndrome. Yeah, just find someone else to like help Lincoln in out. Probably, like you said, like a one A, just because I don't think Lincoln in has like the skill yet to be this like full time. No, starter. I'll get it. No, I'll get it. Um, so, I don't know. That just like the biggest thing for me. I feel like because it's I don't know. <laughs> they shouldn't completely fully bottom out, and having yeah. like fixing that goaltending, having goaltending, like even just decent goaltending will help that. Yeah. And how, like, I maybe like a Mark Andre Fleury type goalie comes on the market, like maybe Robin Leonard or someone mm-hmm. like that. Vegas wants to get rid of them because yeah. they've just made the decision in their mind that Logan Thompson is another guy. I don't know, but all these things, and like, also because they treat him like shit behind the scenes, but yeah, no, that's a whole that's that could be an entire podcast. The whole thing, there. Yeah. my god, what a shocker! Vegas doing Vegas things. Oh, yeah. Do you have anything else on your list, Reagan? I mean, the whole Bruce Cassidy thing. We've been talking about that the whole time. Yeah. There's not really much more I can add. Dude, that's the fucking cake for everybody in this podcast right now. Like, that, that would be yeah. everything. Because coming into this, I was going to say coaching, just in general. And then the Bruce Cassidy thing happened, and I was like, well, just kidding, changing that. Hell yeah. What was I going to say? I, I don't remember, so... I shall say nothing. <laughs> um, I guess if you're done, Reagan, I'll say the ones I wanted to say. I mean, besides the ones you guys already said, Cassidy, I'd like to see him trade for a goalie. A couple names that you guys had mentioned, I think that could be available. Um, obviously, Georgie, I was going to be on the market. If they could find a way to snag him, that'd be cool. Yes, yes. Auntie Ronta, I know Pierce and I touched on a couple shows ago. That might be one if they look to – Go with Korchetkov as their backup next year. Who knows? Or how oh, they traded Delkovic last year. Maybe they'll trade exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I feel Chris like- Anderson, get Anderson. I think like the Hawks just have a thing about always bringing back former players. Bringing Ronta back would just be like full circle. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. Yeah. All the way around the league. All the <laughs> way to always bring back like guys who they like they started their career here, and then they leave, and then they come back and they finish their career. So like, might as well. That's why I'm excited for Saad to come back when he's up with St. Louis. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited. I really am. Yeah. And then another one that I brought up was um I don't know what Seattle's doing with their goaltending, but I feel like Chris Dreiser could be a guy that they maybe look at because I don't think they're going to want to stick with both those goalies again next year. Just maybe a thought. Um, I'd love him to qualify Strom. It's not going to fucking happen. I will sink to the cows, come home, how pissed I am about that, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, I I think they got to sign a middle six winger or center at some point this offseason. Uh, Pierce, you mentioned Nichirskin, Burkowski. I think those are good ones. You could also look at um, a couple of the RFAs that might not get qualified. I know Pavel Zaka has been one that's been mentioned. I wouldn't mind them oh, taking a flyer on him. Zaka. That's interesting. Um, there's a couple of group six free agents that were pretty interesting that I was looking at. Eric Comrie was one of those. Um, Rem Pitlick's another one. I wouldn't mind them taking a swing on. A lot of those guys that would probably sign on like relatively cheap deals and could have some upside. Like Jakob Zaboro. Like there's a lot of guys who are like 22, 23, maybe haven't gotten their look yet. Can maybe take a couple flyers on them. Still um, got the dogs in them. Yeah, still got a dog in them. Um, <laughs> barking all over the place. <laughs> Chewing um, that bone. Like, that's Maggie, dude. She yeah, made that dog in. Uh, I I would like to see them trade one of Taser Kane, although I think it's extremely unlikely. I don't think Kane waves his no move at all. I think if he leaves, it's going to be a walk in free agency. If Taves moves, it's going to be close to the deadline, I believe. I think just a one more bad season will kind of set that in with them. And then when you can kind of work the salary cap a little more in February, I feel like a trade might be more plausible then. But um, that's basically it. Uh, one of the minor ones is I want to see Vlasic, Rugula, and Mitchell all regulars in the league, which mm-hmm. maybe that means they're all going in and out on the third pair. But those are the three that should be up next year. There should be no question marks. There should be none of this like, oh, we're going to call up fucking Eric Gustafson for some godforsaken no, reason. No like, there's no, no reason There's no, no reason to go throw money at a defenseman this offseason when you already got three defensemen locked up with no, decent no, money. Yeah. And no, you have all these defensemen who could right. be four, five, sixes, which is what you need right now. You need a bunch of four, five, sixes. If you can start developing those now, that'll be huge down the road. So, I know what my and I Bruce Cassidy will wish. help with that. Exactly. I have another wish, Pierce. I want to make 20, Mitchell the next Matt Grizzly. I want yeah. twenty goals out of Sam Lafferty this season. Wait, what? I want twenty goals out of Sam Lafferty. You know what? I like your thinking, Sam Lafferty next for uh, You know, no, no. I want no. He's gonna be the Achari. I want him to get like twenty-two goals and two assists. You know so what, what you're saying is we're gonna make it to game yeah, and then Doc like two goals and twenty-five assists. assists. Unbelievable, Schmitty. I love your thinking. <laughs> Kirby Doc setting up Sam Lafferty. Cool. Woo! Let's go, boys. 27th in the league. I huh? like what the 2015-16 Maple Leafs did. They went into free agency. They signed these older guys to like one-year contracts. And then you flip them at the trade yes, deadline that, and get like mid-round draft picks from them. Get as much yep. as you can and then call up your young guys. Give them a chance. You know what? I I even liked it when they did it back in twenty the 2020 shortened season. Like the 2020... 2021 season. Yeah, I'll be named when they sign guys like Matias Yamark and they got a second round pick. I want to see more stuff like that. Yeah, that was that was it was so funny. Like I I, I hadn't there was not a Blackhawk season I had followed yet when they were in this low of a position. It was amazing hearing these players after games like like Ben Pope put it well. He's like 
Carl Soderberg is definitely doing interviews like a guy who knows he's every night is just mm-hmm. a talent show for a contender, which, yeah, I went to Colorado. Uh, they need to do that again this year. Absolutely. Like, I think that should be that. And, uh, oh, fuck, Pierce, you mentioned this. Um, oh, my God, it's not Cassidy. Whatever, forget it. But this really should – I really think this should be huge for them in the offseason. Every year they're like this. If they're going to be rebuilding the next year too, get a shit ton of dudes, get a bunch of names, get a bunch of guys that the league likes, let them play on your team, you know, let them, let them showcase. That should absolutely – like that. they got to get at least three or four of those guys. Do you guys have anybody like – uh, top of your heads, you uh, you would think for what? Uh, so, like yeah. one year guys, I don't really know. Yeah. Like, just oh, like... I'm calling it right now because I really mm-hmm. have been looking at the grade six or the group six in the uh, RFAs, dude. There's gonna be a one with the Blackhawks signing Kasperiak happening. Like, there's not a doubt in my right. mind he fits that mold that Kyle Davidson wants in a player. And if they can fix the blemishes in his game, he could be a very good third liner on this team with yes, a guy dude. like Doc. Hey, he's got, you see his Instagram? He is drip as fuck, dude. He's also horny <laughs> as fuck, but that's besides the point. Uh, hey, 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 hey. Let's not get too honest. <laughs> you know what? I would, you know what would be a great name for the Blackhawks? Because it seems like he's been traded for the last couple trade deadlines and would kind of fit that mold. Vladislav Nemesnikov. That's another guy I wouldn't mind at all. Like, he, that, Pierce, like you said, that's a guy that you signed maybe like a four times two. Yeah, maybe it sounds like an overpay, but. Like a one-year contract because I would just flip them at the trade dollar. Because no, but you know what I mean. Just someone yeah, who yeah. could play in the middle six. Like mm-hmm. but like, yeah, that's a guy that's versatile. He can play in like again the middle six. He can be on a power play, he can be on a penalty kill. Like teams value that come to playoffs. That's the kind of players that they need to be targeting. Yeah, hundred percent. But besides that, that's all I really had. I, I just really think they're going to be bargain buying in the off season. So, like, yeah, I was. I think if we start looking at those, the RFAs, everyone can qualify. The Group Six uh, free agents, like, I feel like that's going to be where Davidson looks, especially with kind of how he's already been looking with his trades. Like Lafferty was kind of a barrel bottom of the barrel pickup, but it turned out decent. Like, I feel like that's kind of bottom six guy you can go with going forward. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. I, we always say, like, oh, this is going to be huge for the Blackhawks. Like, we've said that the past few years, but, like, they kept flip-flopping the cha- like the plans and, like, what the Blackhawks wanted to do. But this one in particular is huge because there's a new gym we really don't know. Like, we saw glimpses of what Kyle Davidson, like, what he values in a player and how he values his players, like Brandon Hagel. Like, you wouldn't trade him unless you got a significant package and you got the two first-round picks and you got two guys – that could be like bottom six contributors on like ideally bottom six contributors on a very good team, like on a Stanley Cup contending team. But our our how is Kyle Davidson gonna draft? How is he like what's it what kind of players is he gonna sign in free agency? Like what kind of I think we kind of know what he values in a player, but we're also gonna see like he hasn't really made commitments. Is he gonna sign or trade Alex to bring it? Like what is he gonna do with Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves? I'm just we're, we're going to see – we don't know yet, but we're going to see that one move like right before the draft or even on the draft where it's like, okay, we have a bit of a better idea right now. Anyways, um, I don't know if you have anything else to add or we can kind of wrap this up here. Uh, I think I'm good. It, it's just – it's like last year. It's the waiting game. Like, yeah. got to wait for someone to make the first move. Yeah. We're starting to see some dominoes flow mostly in coaching, but mm. – 
We're gonna. We've even seen some like rumors, but like really, like a some rumblings. The, dare you say? Yeah, <laughs> the kicking of tires. Even when we get to like the Cup final, and there's like not a hockey game on every day, we're gonna be seeing more rumors. Yeah, so, Jimmy. I did, before we end this off, silly season. Have to quickly ask how, how have you thought of Kenobi? Oh, we want Kenobi. I just want to hear a quick thought. Oh, oh my dear lord. Um, I could talk about it forever. Um, episode three is one of like alone i mean the whole show is fantastic but episode three alone is one of my favorite pieces of star wars media it's absolutely Whoa. perfect um i every, everything they do with leia is perfect she's fantastic fantastic casting she's a child actress that's not annoying at all she's snippy and she's rude but she does it so she's well perfect and, leia like yes she's leia. saying this yes. like Chris fisher is smiling down from the heavens right now exactly she's yeah perfect yeah and she's but the, it's the best thing she's like that but she's never you know demeaning you know what i mean that's yeah. it's, it's perfect she strikes that that right on that line um ewan mcgregor is ewan better McGregor. than ever i mean yeah. ewan mcgregor yeah um the uh can we spoil episode two is that cool yeah, go for it. Yeah, um, the scene where he catches Leia is one of my favorite. That's yeah, one of my favorite acting moments from anybody in any Star Wars movie by Ewan McGregor right there. Beautiful stuff. And then episode three, I mean, just for the sake of anybody who hasn't listened to it, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but it's perfect. I, I, it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, seriously, go watch Wednesday it. Wednesday is Kenobi Day. Yes, yep. that's how I know. That's how I know my weeks by now. It's just like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Kenobi, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. See Schmitty, now he understands what we do with the MCU. Exactly. <laughs> now he understands our Disney Plus shows. Pierce, this is how we do our Tuesdays and our Thursdays. The shenanigans. <laughs> exactly. Is with the, the same Marvel shock they give us every three months. Obviously. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? What? One month to Montreal. Exactly. Oh, 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 oh. You are absolutely correct, sir. Absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Puliyarvi to the room. Sorry? Uh, Puliyarvi went to the dressing room. Oh, yeah, I think I saw that. He went yeah. to the riot. Well, those are done. Anyways, yeah, let's let's yeah, it. I think that's a great yeah, way to end things off, guys. Yeah. That was awesome being this with you. I'm so glad we can get all four of us on the podcast. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, Reagan. Hell yeah, dude. It is, it's genuinely been so fucking nice. Gonna talk to all you guys at once at the same time again. I mean, I, I, it's it's been way too long. Been really too long. Spoilers tied it. Awesome. Yeah. Not coming with right. this guy. Anyways, and off here. That's my favorite author, baby. <laughs> Best selling author Zach Hyman to you. Anyways, mm-hmm. thank you all for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Mondays. We'll see you tomorrow on the stream. And the next time we do a podcast, we'll have a new Kenobi episode out. So peace out, y'all. <laughs>